If I focus on gratitude, if I focus on abundance, if I focus on opportunities, if I focus on my dreams and goals and love that I have in my life and how fortunate I am, then the reason why it's the best day ever, because this is the only day that I have right now. Like this is the moment. Like it's not like I'm preparing for some other future event. It's like, okay, I'm talking to Doug. Doug is a powerful motherfucker. I'm going to talk to Doug today. Do I, how do I want to show up for Doug? Now, I'm not running around my house 24 hours a day looking in the mirror saying, hey, I'm having the best day ever. <laughs> no, it's when I encounter someone, to me, it's a trigger to show the fuck up. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Doug Evans. Doug is an early pioneer in the natural food industry. In 2012, he co-founded Organic Avenue, one of the first exclusively raw, organic, and plant-based retail chains in the country. He then created and founded Juicero, the first fresh farm-to-glass automatic cold-press juicer with the mission of bringing more fresh produce to the home. Doug has become quite popular recently as he wrote The Sprout Book in efforts to teach people about the power of sprouts and has written a transformative plan for sprouting. He's revolutionizing gardening and growing your own food right in your kitchen in an affordable and accessible way. His mission in life is to help people learn how to grow and eat the most nutritious food on the planet, sprouts. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Doug Evans to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Doug, thanks so much for having me. It's I've been looking forward to this since we first met several months ago. I know, me too. I feel like we, we're kind of kindred spirits, not only because we share the same name, but we share the same passion for life and helping other people improve their health and wellness. And and I guess where I want to start with you is, is Sprouts, because to be honest, I didn't really know too much about Sprouts. I honestly didn't even know it had its own like niche. Until looking into your work and um, hearing you on other podcasts, because I think like many, when I think of sprouts, I thought of, you know, broccoli sprouts, Brussels sprouts. I thought of bean sprouts that you might get on a salad or a sandwich. So if you could like paint a picture for the audience in what you've learned, like what are sprouts and how are they different from the traditional Brussels sprouts and everyday sprouts that we see in the stores? Wow. Well, first of all, Brussels sprouts are kind of a sprout, but they're not really a sprout. They're a human engineered plant. That's what Brussels sprouts are. The sprouts that I'm talking about are nature's first food. Like these are the seeds of plants. So if you think about the origin and the arc of a plant, it goes from seed to sprout, to microgreen, to tender vegetable, to mature vegetable. And then as it gets mature, it then flowers and then fruits, and then inside the fruit or the pod are more seeds. 
And so this happens in broccoli, radish, clover, azuki, arugula, chia, all sorts of lentils and legumes. And most people think of sprouts, other than Brussels sprouts, of alfalfa sprouts for the hippy-dippy trippies or the mung bean sprouts in Asian cuisine. And for me, I look at all vegetables start as seeds and all seeds germinate and sprout. And the insight I had, the critical insight, I think this is life-changing insight, was that these sprouts are edible and that these edible sprouts are actually vegetables and vegetables are good for you. So I'll take a pause there and turn back over to the maestro. Yeah, I think that's a good place for us to kind of shift gears just a little bit before we get into more context about the sprouts that you're talking about. Because like like I said, I think a lot of people have this idea when we hear sprouts, we think of, oh, you mean Brussels sprouts or alfalfa sprouts or bean sprouts or just stuff that you might see in the store. But a lot of that, like you said, is kind of more man-made and not necessarily just like fresh from the ground like you're speaking of. But I want to kind of take it back a little bit into like what inspired you to like what was going on in your life at this time where it inspired you to kind of take this route down looking into the research of sprouts specifically because you hear a lot of people they make transformations in their health and they start eating more whole foods more vegetables more different you know better sources of protein like whatever they do but what what influenced the sprouts so i had 22 years ago i shifted my lifestyle from eating anything, street food, processed food, just garbage, candy, bubble gum. So 22 years ago, I made the shift to raw vegan, right? And so I'd been eating very, very healthy fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts. I'd be able to go to raw food restaurants around the country, around the world. When I moved into the Mojave Desert at our little oasis at Wonder Valley Hot Springs, near Joshua Tree, I set up my Burning Man tent right out of yurt. I set up my yurt and I had a cooler filled with my favorite goodies from Air One, right? And so I was like not thinking about everything was like hunky-dory. And then over the next day and a half, I ate down the cooler. So then I went on to my trusted iPhone and I went to Happy Cow and I, I looked for vegan near me. I looked for vegetarian near me, vegan friendly options. And it, it was as if I was on another planet. There was nothing within an hour and 15 minutes from where I was in the desert. So I made the trek to Whole Foods in Palm Springs. And when I got back, like that night, I'm sitting in the hot springs, I'm looking at the Milky Way and the galaxy I'm feeling really small, but really open. And then it just came to me. It's like, oh, sprouts. And I had been eating alfalfa sprouts, mung bean sprouts, sunflower sprouts over the years. And I love them, but they were always a garnish or something that I would add to my diet. But it was never like a meal. I never had a sprout-based meal. So I like asked myself, I said, I wonder if I could, you know, grow sprouts, eat sprouts, and if I could get enough calories, enough micronutrients, enough phytonutrients 
to be healthy on eating this. So fast forward a month later, I had six jars going in one cubic foot and I was growing thousands of calories a day in one cubic foot, more food than I could eat. And I like to eat. And that was the most mind boggling, eye opening, transformative awakening of my life. I'm 55 and a half years old. So I'm at like the midpoint of my life, right? And this was the insight that drove me to Sprouts was number one, Sprouts are vegetables, vegetables are food, and every benefit of the whole food plant-based diet, so the Simon Hill diet, the Darren Olean diet, the Rich Roll diet, right, the Novak diet, like can be achieved eating Sprouts. So that was like, whoa. Number two, you could get every vitamin, mineral, amino acid, phytonutrient, polyphenol, bioflavonoid, prebiotic, probiotic in Sprouts. So in the past, like people would have protein powder, whether it was whey or soy or hemp or chia or any other protein pea extrusion. Like it turns out that one cup of say garbanzo bean sprouts, sprouted chickpeas, one cup, 250 calories, 20 grams of protein. So even guys that have nothing in common with me, like Ben Greenfield had me on his podcast to talk about sprouting sprouts. And those are his favorite vegetables. And this is a guy who doesn't like vegetables, who's now sprouting all the time. And so when I thought about sprouts as vitamins and minerals, that was another holy woe right? That was another eye-opening thing. And then the third thing, not too far from you, I discovered Dr. Jed Fahey from Johns Hopkins University, who was running the chemo protective department, the lab in Johns Hopkins, where they were researching the chemo protective properties of sulforaphane in broccoli sprouts. And then when I Googled broccoli sprouts and research, right, there were more than 2,500 published peer-reviewed papers on broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane for the treatment of cancer and autism and Alzheimer's and detoxing benzene from the lungs and regulating insulin levels on diabetics. So it was like sprouts are medicine. Like they're not just food. They're not just vitamins. Sprouts are medicine. And you know, there's work around sprouts building a healthy immune system and sprouts for treating autoimmune diseases. And so there was a purity in the fact that you could take this seed, add water without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer, pesticides, insecticides, fungicides, just the seed and the water. And within days, not weeks, months, or years, within days, you could be growing your own food. And it's like when, when the world was going nuts two years ago and you could get, couldn't get toilet paper, there's lines out the stores, like madness. I had a hundred pounds of sprouting seeds. That was six months worth of food. And I was able to just be chill because intellectually, physically, spiritually, I was in harmony with nature, knowing that I was eating the healthiest food on the planet. 
And that's what drove me to write the Sprout book, right? Like I wrote this book because that no one had published anything on this of any sort of meaning and significance. There were a lot of hippy dippy trippies writing about this over the years, but there wasn't a powerful force that could get on your podcast to talk about Sprouts. Like no one was doing that. So I said, I will fill those boots. I will carry the baton. The Sprouts are super intelligent because they've survived since the beginning of time, but they can't, they don't have a voice. So I decided I would become the voice of Sprouts. Let's go. I've never heard someone so fired up and passionate about a food in my life and I love it. So Doug, I want to get into some things that you just brought up. One is you talked about how you can get all the vitamins, minerals, amino acids from sprouts in themselves. But I guess, you know, people might say like, all right, like which sprouts would I have to eat in order to accomplish that? Because it's not like you're going to be able to eat just chickpea sprouts all day and then you'll be able to get your palate of food. So like if you were just to, if somebody were to say, okay, I want to get like just the basic sprouts in my nutritional diet every single day, if you were to pick two or three, like what would be the most beneficial ones? Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. This includes Organifi green juice, which I am now using in my smoothies, either after a workout or for a great on-the-go snack. It's loaded with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Cutting down on caffeine is a big initiative of mine as we head into the new year, and Organifi's red juice is gonna help me do just that. It's basically a superfood fruit punch that gives me a jolt of energy without the caffeine, and it only has two grams of sugar. If you aren't into smoothies, don't worry. Organifi products are super easy to mix, and you can add one scoop to a glass of water. So go to www.organifi.com forward slash Doug and use code Doug for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Doug and use the code Doug for 20% off any item. Now back to the show. So from a medicinal point of view, right? From longevity point of view, broccoli sprouts are like key. Easy to grow. I'd have that. Lentil sprouts are the easiest sprout to grow. And, you know, lentils are the staple of the plant-based diet around the world, right? In, in India, for dal. And most people don't realize when you sprout lentils, you double the antioxidant levels, you triple the vitamin C, and you quadruple the soluble and insoluble fiber. So what is it about that? Like, why does it do that? Is it part of the process? Is it, is it just less processed than if you cook it? Definitely. When you cook it, like you're still getting fiber, you're still getting minerals, you're still getting proteins, but vitamin C does not get obliterated under heat. Like vitamin C is, is a raw thing, enzymes are raw. So what, what happens is that, you know, we live in a convenience culture. I wouldn't be, like many parts of the world, they don't have clean water, right? So they have to cook everything just to reduce the microbial load. Where we live, in this privileged world where we have high quality water, high quality seeds, 
when you sprout these, a dry lentil is a complete plant organism living in a dormant state. So it may look like a pebble. You could chip a tooth on it. It's in a dormant state. But when you sprout it, it comes to life. And that's what I was talking about, sprout intelligence. It knows and it contains within it, that little lentil has within it the endosperm, the embryo, the testa, and the fuel that it needs to grow for a week without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer. It's all already built in and it knows when to germinate. So you're consuming something with a powerful life force. And I think that's where the health begins. Right. And so with the broccoli sprout, when it grows, I mean, I've seen you with the take the different lentil sprouts and chickpea sprouts and have them grow into actual chickpeas and lentils, kind of what you would see, like if you're buying them in a store when they're already made, like you're making that all like fresh yourself. But with a broccoli sprout, like how does it like what's the finished product? Is it like a floret? Is it a crown? Like what does it look like? No, it's like a tiny sprout, you know, one inch long, uh, like a 16th of an inch thick with a little baby flower on it. And what's interesting, if you were to take a mature market stage broccoli, right? The roughage on that is really hard, right? Different parts of it are hard. Every part of the broccoli sprout is tender. It's mostly water-based, highly bioavailable, can easily be digested and broken down, you know, in the stomach, in the small intestine. So it's a very easy to eat food. But the stage of the broccoli, you know, would go from seed to sprout to microgreen to baby green, and it would take a hundred days and about 50 gallons of water to get like the market stage broccoli. So if you think about, you can grow one pound of broccoli sprouts using one gallon of water, but that full one pound of broccoli floret may take 50 gallons of water in a hundred days. So I haven't even spoken about that recently, but that's another fact that's very seductive and appealing about broccoli sprouts. So it's just more better environmentally or you're you're using like less stuff. So it has less of an impact on the environment. Yeah, less of an impact on time, on waste. And also, when you're buying broccoli, depending on where you are, you know, you're in Baltimore. I don't know if they're growing broccoli in Baltimore. They're shipping that from somewhere else. So you're shipping water weight. The idea of being able to send around dry seeds and use local water and have that fusion of the water and the seed happen locally uh, is another exponential benefit. Right. So let's use broccoli sprouts as an example. I know you talk a lot in your book about like how to do this and everything, but you know, I feel like a lot of the listeners will get out of like, maybe like you helping to walk through a process of just taking like one of these examples, because you know, a lot of people like to do it yourself projects. A lot of people like planting their own flowers, their own plants. And I think what I've seen is you've created this movement of people sprouting. You know, we just mutual friends, obviously that have begun sprouting, including, you know, we've seen Dr. B I've seen, you know, Mike Posner and others that have just gotten hooked on like you showing them how to sprout. So let's just say that somebody listening to this wants to start with broccoli sprouts. Like, what's the first thing they need to do and then walk them through the process? 
any glass vessel or jar, I prefer glass over plastic, some cheesecloth and a rubber band as your primary sprouting tools. They've gone so far as to make custom sprouting lids made out of plastic or metal. But for me, in a very basic, and I just posted this on my Instagram, just my name, Doug Evans, just how to sprout with cheesecloth, because that's my favorite. And so you can make it quickly. And then I would buy, depending on where you are in the world, and I know you have a global audience, Doug, but where you are in the world, I would look for organic sprouting seeds that were tested for high germination rate and for pathogens. So in their process, like you could go into a bodega and buy, you know, lentils from the bottom shelf. I'm encouraging you and your listeners to go to the top shelf and get the best because the incremental cost of the best is very low relative to anything else. Like you buy the best car in the world, it's you know, millions of dollars versus the lowest cost. Here, it's a not even noticeable difference in price. So I'd get organic sprouting seeds tested for pathogens, tested for high germination rate. You then get a measuring cup or tablespoon and literally two tablespoons of broccoli seeds and about one cup of water and you let them soak for eight hours, just sitting soaking. And then you pour out the extra water, you rinse the seeds one more time, and then you leave the jar inverted at about a 45 degree angle, so almost upside down, so that any excess water that when you strained through the cheesecloth didn't come out before, over that course of the day would strain out, might even be drip for drip, drip by drip. And you do that twice a day. And by day three, day four, day five, up to day seven, the sprouts are like doubling in size every day. And it then becomes a personal preference. Like you referenced Mike Posner, he's got eight jars going, so he can be eating sprouts at every meal. And so he's going through this six day rotation, eating a jar, starting a new jar, next day going to another jar. And that works like a charm. Well, and I love how detailed you got with explaining that process and telling people to really pay attention to the quality of stuff that they're buying, because I think it's easy for so many people, just because maybe they're not even aware that just spending an extra few dollars can actually go such a long way. You mentioned like when you're reaching for certain sprouting seeds, like going to the top shelf versus the, the bottom shelf. So we talked about broccoli sprouts and other than broccoli sprouts and then lentils, like if you had to add like one more that let's just say somebody wanted to start sprouting three things. We stopped on the broccoli, but I would say broccoli. I would say lentils, garbanzo beans, especially you have a really healthy audience. Those are really good. Chia, like the chia pet, like unbelievable. Chia has ALA and has medium chain fatty acids. So chia seed is like the staple of the Aztec warriors and health nuts around the world. Well, most people don't know when you sprout chia, you know, within a few days, it actually turns into a vegetable, has a green leafy component to it, which is the chlorophyll, and you're getting bioavailable fresh chia. So we had broccoli, we had garbanzo, we had lentil, we had chia, 
And then there's any number of ones. If someone likes spice, you could have radish, you could have mustard, you could have fenugreek. Like I'm sure that if someone were to do the research on the properties of like fenugreek, like, or any of these other like mustard, they're so powerful and the work is still to be done. But I would, I would add something spicy, add some spice to your life. And then I'm used to eating them raw and plain. But in the beginning, I was making dr dressings. Like you could literally take whatever sprouts you want, put balsamic vinegar on them. You won't even taste the sprouts. You could take tahini, which is basically just a sesame seed paste. And that adds like a fatty component to it, which is triggering the dopamine and serotonin in the brain in a healthy way. So you're getting a concentration of calcium and you're getting more protein and you're able to add more flavor, texture, and consistency to the sprouts. Super interesting stuff. I never even knew any of this. So I'm so glad that I'm, I'm kind of learning more about this. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you're interested, my friend. Well, I think it's important. I think anytime we can bring on somebody and we can chat about different ways to incorporate things that are going to add value to their health, I'm all about it. And I think this is something that's very interesting because there is a lot of health benefits to it. And there's this, like I said, this this project theme to it where you're seeing people, it's almost like a novelty where they're enjoying now building their own little sprouting stations that they have in their house on a daily basis to be able to kind of just see like what they're what they're accomplishing because people like that kind of stuff, Doug. Let's face it. People like to see progress. People like to see results and they like to see that whatever work they're doing is actually paying off. So when it comes to cost, I know sprouting is actually like a pretty efficient way to eat as well. And I know so many people, one of their biggest excuses to not eat, eat healthy is because they say it's too expensive to shop organic. It's too expensive to buy tons of fruits and vegetables and the right kinds of meat if they're eating meat or whatever. So like on average, like, like how much do you think it, it costs like for somebody if they want to add sprouts to their diet on like a, on a weekly or monthly basis? If they want to eat sprouts every day, you know, under a dollar a day. Wow. If they want to eat like sprouts is their primary source of calories and nutrition, they might have to spend as much as a cup of Starbucks, like three or four bucks a day. So for a hundred bucks a month, excuse me, you could eat sprouts essentially for like your primary fuel? Oh yeah, yeah. Like it, my vision of the world is that if someone has a garden and you know they're a farmer, they could grow their own like market stage vegetables. Everybody else, could be growing sprouts. And to me, sprouts are the primary source of vegetables in my diet, period, hands down. Like sprout salad, sprout side dishes, sprout hummuses. Like check out uh, Ben Greenfield. He did a video where he followed one of my recipes, which was sprouted garbanzo beans and pickles. And the pickles provide the flavor and the pickle juice provides the flavor and the garbanzo beans supply the protein, the soluble, the insoluble fiber and the antioxidants. And then you have like a raw sprouted hummus that is finger licking good. Like, I mean, it's just really easy to eat, flavorful. 
And someone who doesn't even know, like they're eating sprouts. All of a sudden, like they're gorging on a dip because they're used to a dip. And that's a great example. So when you're talking about sprouts, like the theme of this conversation, it's not like, because when I, like I said, when I think of sprouts, it's like I think of eating like just the raw, like like a sprout. Like you, like at the end of the day, there's an end product to the sprouts that you're also eating. There's the chickpeas. You talked about the garbanzo beans. You're talking about these little broccoli sprouts that grow to like a small size compared to what they are in a store. You talk about lentils. But the term, it's called a sprout because you're actually growing it from the sprout seed and in the most raw, organic way possible, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. And, you know, the reality is we live in a society that's filled with jargon, right, and convenience. So what happened is what what got me into this was pure necessity, right? Like that was the driving factor. What kept me in it was just pure logic, right? It's like you have these realizations and these epiphanies along the way. And now I don't care wherever I am in the world, right? In, in abundance, I was in New York. They're the most, you know, highest quality plant-based restaurants. And I'm still jonesing for the sprouts. Like I could be eating anything and like I'm looking for the sprouts because I know now that everything you put in your mouth is a life or death decision, right? Just factual. And so what I want to do like you is I want to raise my standards of what I'm willing to consume so that I'm eating the highest quality nutrition on a per calorie basis. Like I don't need to tax my internal organs unnecessarily processing crap because of my prior addictions to salt, oil, and sugar. So now like I'm in a new level of sprout consciousness. Sprout consciousness. Uh, are you going to get that tattooed on your forearm? You know, I, I think tattoos are toxic for me. So no tattoo for me. I might make a sign to put above my desk. How's that? <laughs> that's, that's a winner. I want to get into your, your transformation story when it comes to your nutrition, because while a lot of people who listen to this podcast are focused on health, there's, there's some that are kind of still trying to find their way. And I know you were one of those people that ate out a ton. You ate processed food. You ate McDonald's, you ate fast food like on a regular basis before making this shift over a couple decades ago. So like what were some of the like as you look back now, I mean, I think you're a pretty motivational guy and you've kind you're you're very you seem like you're very routine and habit-based and you got that down. What were some of the like mindset shifts you think you had to make in order to walk away and and really keep yourself grounded when you're making that when you initially made that shift? I would say the number one thing was what Tony Robbins says is life is happening for you and not to you. So like whatever came up, like in my life, I was like, okay, just bring it on, bring it on. Like I felt like I was Al Pacino in Scarface taking the machine gun fire to the chest. Say, bring it on, right? And like whatever happened, like, I get a flat tire, I get fired, you know, my company gets composted, right? I get robbed, right? I get COVID, like whatever happens, I'm like, bring it on, 
bring it on. And taking on that attitude that I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul, I will overcome any obstacle that is presented before me, that mindset, like that that was the key. Yeah, and I know you've referenced Tony. I've heard you talk about him before, and I know he's had a big impact in your life. And that, that whole mindset perspective shift that you just alluded to is so important for people because, you know, at the end of the day, and I was just talking about this the other day with somebody, is that like while so many circumstances that we face, so many things that, that happen in our life are unfortunate and that suck and people are going to do us wrong and not be by our side or whatever, we can't change that. What we can change is how we choose to respond moving forward, how we choose to view that situation. Is it something that is going to bring us down for the rest of our life or is it something that eventually we're going to hopefully move through and use it as a stepping stone for our own personal growth. I want to talk about, I want to get into next because you seem like one of the most like happiest grounded guys I've ever come I've ever come across, right? Every time I talk to you, you're like, I'm having the best day ever. I'm having the best day ever. But there's a lot of people that might be like, he can't be having the best day every, ever, every single day. So like what brought you to that saying? And then what do you mean? Like, what's the, like, what's the meaning behind that? I mean, the meaning is this moment, this day is all like I have. You may have more, right? That's all I have. Like this is the moment. And that if I choose to be mediocre in this moment, if I choose to focus on lack and scarcity and victimhood, then it's going to be a pretty shitty day, right? If I focus on gratitude, if I focus on abundance, if I focus on opportunities, if I focus on my dreams and goals and love that I have in my life and how fortunate I am, then the reason why it's the best day ever, because this is the only day that I have right now. Like this is the moment. Like it's not like I'm preparing for some other future event. It's like, okay, I'm talking to Doug. Doug is a powerful motherfucker. I'm going to talk to Doug today. Do I, how do I want to show up for Doug? Now, I'm not running around my house 24 hours a day looking in the mirror saying, hey, I'm having the best day ever. <laughs> no, no. It's when I encounter someone, to me, it's a trigger to show the fuck up right? Show up and give that person 100% and that's the best day ever. So every interaction is an opportunity for me to stretch and push and show up in that best day ever consciousness. Love it. I love it. Well, how did you, so how did you get to that point though? Like, cause I know that you've had your struggles through the years and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a lot of people that have had struggles over the last several years. And because of that, they feel defeated. They feel uncertain. They, they're in this, this scarcity kind of mindset of, oh my gosh, like what's going to come next? But I know you had to make that shift for yourself. So like what was going on in your life at that time that shifted you from that person that was like looking down that victimhood street, if you will, to then embracing this abundant life? Right. I think there's been so many people before me that have been inspiring, 
right, from Maya Angelou to Mahatma Gandhi to the guy who ran the four-minute mile to, you know, so many various people to Vince Lombardi saying he never lost a game, he only ran out of time, right, to the Napoleon Hills of the world and W. Clement Stones and Frank Betcher and, you know, Jim Rohn and all these people, right? And I would say, like, I'm not in any of their camps, right? I take information and bits of their wisdom and I own it. I incorporate it. Like when I read The Greatest Salesman in the World, right? Have you ever read that book, Og Mandino, The Greatest Salesman in the World? I, yeah, I've read it. Yeah, I've read it a few years ago. I mean, the wisdom in that book, like I challenge you and I challenge any one of your readers to get that book and read all 10 of those scrolls as described three times a day, every day for one month and then jump to the next scroll. And that will just shift the mindset, the words, the logic. But I was on Darren Olian's podcast and he was sitting in my kitchen and we're talking and he had never read the book. And I looked him in the eye the whole time. There's no teleprompter, there's no thing. And I recited to him the entire chapter on persistence. And it was like a turbo engine. He was like holding on to his seat because those words are now impregnated into every living cell in my body. And as I repeat those words, as the old cells die and shed, the new cells get impregnated with that life force, with that wisdom, with that energy, because we are constantly evolving. So what they say about this, like, how's this the best day ever? So yesterday's shower is not going to prevent you from stinking today. So you need to train every day to be in this state so that you are life ready. Like I'm ready. And yeah, I've been like punched in the face. I've been fired, right? I've had my net worth drop 96% in one moment. I've been publicly eviscerated. Like, and all these things, I'm like, okay, bring it on. Bring it on. Like, I'm not going postal on you. Just bring it on. And then the other thing, which I would also recommend, is the teachings of the Buddha. Not Buddhism, but the teachings of the Buddha that are taught in a 10-day meditation course called Vipassana. And Vipassana is the technique, non-denominational. And in the 10-day course, they teach you how to meditate. And you are meditating for 10 to 12 of your 17 waking hours, and you're sitting there meditating. And when you leave that course, you will be at a state of equanimity. And like, that's what they're teaching you, that that good things will happen and you will crave those good things. Bad things will happen and you could potentially suffer and have aversions to those. And what they teach you in the meditation course is to be able to 
observe whatever's happening in the body so that you can observe your cravings, you can observe your aversions, you can observe what you're clinging to and maintain this state of equanimity. And I would say this is the highest integrity course teachings that I've ever experienced in the world. Do you know what they charge for a 10-day course, including room, board, and curriculum? Around the world, there's at least 45 centers around the world. They're teaching these 10-day courses everywhere. Do you know what they charge for this? It's free. Free. So you're homeless, go sign up for a 10-day Vipassana meditation course. You know, like you need a place to go, go there, right? Just sign up. I love how you're sharing this, Doug, because, you know, a lot of people, they see you as the Sprout guy. Like I've said, you've written a book on Sprouts and that's kind of your your main message now. But a lot of people might not know that you've had your fair share of adversity too, between your own health, between what, ha- what happened with you and your business and your net worth dropping and everything that went along with that. So I'm glad that you're sharing these mindset tips that you've used that have been applicable to different phases in your life, whether it be bouncing out of this, uh, the professional downfall that you had, whether it was you know transitioning from somebody who ate pretty poorly to somebody who's now making the right choice, has made the right choices for a significant amount of time to move along that the health path, whether it's been somebody who like, it was your all your hopes and dreams were to move to the Mojave Desert and the Joshua Tree, and then you come to find out it's a food desert, but then you find your way. You don't move out. You don't blame everybody else for your problems. You're like, how can I make this situation better? Like, what can I do? And that's obviously how you got involved with a lot of what you're doing now. I want to talk about something that's really fascinating to me that I think a lot of people would be interested in knowing what to do, and that's your, your ability to network. Your ability to get connected with with people from all walks of life, from people who are famous, people who aren't famous, just everybody, and share the good word of Sprouts. And there's people right now that are listening to this. They're one connection away of a big professional stepping stone. They're one connection away of a, of a big personal stepping stone, but they don't know where to start as far as how to reach out to people and, and share their knowledge. Like, What have been some of your best practices in doing so? Well... I think for one, when I ask for, a lot of it is introductions, right? You have to, like everyone knows someone, right? And people are very protective and guarded with their database, right? With their Rolodex. And so you have to be aware that a connection is worth more than gold. Like it's worth more than gold. So when I ask for something, people are very cognizant that they are going to exchange something that's priceless and valuable. And I'm aware of that. So when I make that ask, I always position it in such a way that it's about me giving. It's not about me taking. It's about me giving and how this is aligned and will fit with the person that I'm talking to or that I'm requesting that connection to. And then it gets to a point where there's so much trust built and your reputation is powerful enough that 
people are very willing to comply with the request. And in many cases, like what happened with you and me, right? We were having a conversation and Mike Posner came up and I was like, oh, you want to meet Mike? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll make that connection right away. You know, and next thing you know, he's on your podcast, right? Because you have showed up. Like, I know that you're not going to pick the guy's pocket, right? You're not going to abuse him. You're not going to stalk him. You're not going to violate the trust and the covenant of that introduction. And so the networking, you know, to me, first of all, you have to be willing to hear no. Like I've asked for introductions and people say no. And sometimes you accept it. Sometimes you ask again and again and again. And there's like a fine line between being persistent and being a stalker. And you don't want to cross that line in the wrong circumstance because that's really bad, right? But people love persistence. You know, people love, you know, helping other people. So if you go into the mindset that you're asking someone for something and it's all about you and they probably won't want to make the introduction anyway, you are going to manifest a big fucking zero, right? That's what you're going to get. If you make the request thinking that, of course, it's going to happen. Doug's going to love me. John's going to love me. Tony's going to love me. Oprah's going to love me. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, everything is going to happen. It will fall into place. So, in, in a way, manifestation isn't like a dream. It's a dream in action. Right. Yeah, I like how you, how you brought up the, the idea that you have to when you're asking for an introduction or you're trying to network with somebody, you can't just make it about you. Like one of the things that I've tried to do with even my own networking skills is figure out like how I can help that person. Like, what can I do to help? You know, if I, if I'm, if I get connected to somebody who, I mean, is for the sake of argument, more quote unquote powerful than me, right. They have more of an online presence. They have more of a name for themselves and I'm looking to, you know, improve a relationship, you want to be able to, to serve that person. Like, what can I do to help that person? What does that person need? Oh, they need a connection to this thing or they need that. Like, how can you help that? Because if you go up to that same person and you're like, all right, like what can this person do for me right away? I mean, they're going to be turned off. And I've been somebody who like, I've gotten turned down a fair amount as well, but I just keep going and I learn. Like there's been times where I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have followed it up that much. Right. And there's been times where I'm like, I probably should have pushed a little harder, but you learn. And that's just part of the process of, of networking and building a business and taking risk is that sometimes things are going to go your way and sometimes they're not. But I think the constant that has to remain, and it's kind of what you talked about earlier, is that everything is kind of hap is happening for you in that moment. And that, you know, let's just say you are too persistent with a connection and then it fades away. Well, now you can learn from it and say, oh, like maybe I shouldn't have followed up like five times a day or maybe I shouldn't have asked for too much. Like, how can I adjust? Yeah, look, I think that in the end of the day, everybody's human, right? Everyone's human. So there is no, there are no, superheroes. I remember reading a book probably 25 years ago by Glenn Clark 
and the book was The Man Who Tapped the Secrets of the Universe. And the interviewer in the book asked uh, Walter Russell, you know, tell me like how this happened for you. Like, how did you become this genius? And he said, I believe sincerely that every person has consummate genius within them. And some appear to have it more than others, but the awareness or unawareness of that genius is what makes one into a master or holds them down to mediocrity. So I think if you take any person and you convince them that they are a genius and they can be inspired to go the extra mile, to take the initiative, to use those 168 hours every week for productive purposes. And it doesn't matter whether they're learning a language, whether they're learning an instrument or whatever it is. If they believe that they're genius, they can manifest a certain degree of genius in any walk of life. And so that like that's a belief that I have that I could become a sprout genius, right? Like I knew a little about sprouts because I ate them, right? And then I started to grow them. And then I decide I'm going to go deep. I'm going to go really deep on sprouts. And the more, this is so, this almost sounds so trite, but the more I learned about sprouts, the more I realized I did not know, right? And I just didn't know. And and I didn't get discouraged. I just went deeper and deeper and deeper. And turns out that I don't know anyone else, you know, in this day and age, 2022, who's going so deep on a topic like sprouts, right? And who's willing to get the rejection. Like I wanted to go on the Rich Roll podcast, right? Good podcast, good guy. And I think it took me a year to get scheduled on his podcast to talk about Sprouts, like a year. And I wanted to do it when the book launched in April, when the Sprout book launched. It happened in June, right? So the point is, you have to be respectful of people, right? And in a way, I think I went on in June, not in March, uh, when the book was launching, um, right before the launch, because I think Rich wanted to see like, okay, like what's going on with the Sprouts? Like be able to learn and get up because it's not like, you know, I'm a super ultra man, triathlete, you know, Iron Man, et cetera. Like, you know, I run 5Ks, not 50Ks, right? So, you know, I had to earn my right to get that opportunity. Right. And I also think it's about, building a connection and a relationship first like you know to be honest like I, I heard from a variety of people that to have you on my podcast but if it were just about sprouts specifically like i'd be like all right we can talk about sprouts for like 20 minutes you know or whatever and then what but it was because of your personality and how we kind of connected as friends that i was like i think we can actually bounce off each other and have a great conversation because there's so many other parts of your story and other parts of your expertise that i think people will relate to and like to time the timings timings everything some like sometimes like when you want something to happen the universe doesn't or god doesn't or whatever you believe in and sometimes when 
you know, you want something to happen, it happens. Like it's just, it's just sometimes like you just have to be patient and just know that, you know, what's meant to happen will. And again, going back to this common theme of whatever is happening is happening for you and not to you. And it's all part of this bigger equation of, of life that we're kind of working to, to solve. So as we kind of bring our conversation to a close, we've talked about a lot. We've talked about bits and pieces of your story. We've talked about Sprouts. We've talked about networking. We've talked about mindset. Let's just say like that somebody wants to like take that first step now. Like if you could give them some resources on, like you said that to buy like certain sprout seeds to sprout, you said that they should buy like a mason, like a, what'd you say, a mason jar? Mason jar. Okay. It's a gla- glass jar. They probably even have a mason jar in their house. They may even have a mason jar, a rubber band and some cheesecloth already in their house, ready to go. And all they need are some sprouting seeds and you know, they can be bought depending on where you are in the world. You know, they're accessible. Like the sprouting category, like my book, the Sprout book is now in the eighth printing. It's in the top 1% of all books on Amazon. And all the sprouting vendors like around the country, you know, have doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size. Like they're just booming, you know, with the category because sprouts are becoming a thing. Like when you look back on this show, like that we're doing right now, this is like pivotal, seminal moment in the history of sprouting because you're going to start to see in high quality restaurants around the world, sprouts are going to be on the menu. Like people are going to start to use them because from a food restaurant perspective, they're low cost, high nutrition, and they can make good profit on them. You're going to go show up at friend's house. I showed up at someone's house and I didn't even know that um, what to expect. And they had like sprout jars there. And like Mike Posner, singer songwriter, right? He's the, I took a pill guy and now he's like, I'm eating sprouts guy, right? You couldn't force, like you, you, you had Mike on your podcast. Mike is his own being. Like he can't be bought, he can't be bribed, he can't be manipulated. He's doing this because he inherently in his soul and spirit is aware of the magic and the power and the potency of sprouts. And your listeners, like this is a very real live you know, interaction. Like Doug, you, you are like tore off my veil. There's no shield. There's no mask. Like you're getting raw Doug showing up on your podcast, right? You're like, this is unfiltered, right? And I'm still like, it's so interesting because I'm this raw vegan yogi sprout guy, but inside there is a fire. Like there is a inferno inside of me. And I don't often get a chance to, I was just on the phone with like anchor person in New York City because we're working on when they reopen live filming in the studio to go on the show. And like, I'm passionate, but I'm like stoic. No dropping F-bombs. No like going off the rails. Like everything is tempered. But I would say your audience can handle this. Sprouts are food, sprouts are vitamins, sprouts are medicine, sprouts are affordable, they're tasty, they adapt to any flavor, any cuisine. In my recipe book, I hired 
the recipe developer who did Oprah's recipe book. And I challenged her to come up with me to develop 40 recipes that were about 50% sprouts, 50% raw vegetables, fruits, seeds, nuts, etc. And the recipes are showing up everywhere and people are loving them. And now they're like improvising. So I would say, I would love to see, I love answering questions. I love providing the thoughts. And I'm grateful that you gave me the opportunity to show up unfiltered on your show and talk about sprouts and some other life uh, life tips. I love that you showed up in the way that you did, man, because I know sometimes it can be hard to like think to be like, like, how should I say this? Or are people going to judge me? Or how much should I really like unleash when I'm speaking? And and you were the real deal and brought everything. And I, I'm, I'm very grateful to know you and to call you a friend. And I guess like the last thing I want to summarize a bit is let's just say somebody who's listening to this, they want to start sprouting like now they're they're done they've hit the pause button they're like all right what do i do so they get a mason jar then they're gonna go to the grocery store no no i'd I'd go online there's dozens of of companies online sprout man true leaf market sprout house sprout people johnny seeds mums like there's so many choices you know for sprouting seeds sprouting equipment When I was researching the book, there are about a dozen different sprouting tools you could get on Amazon. Now there are no joke, a thousand. Like, it's just like, you know, everyone is jumping in on on the bandwagon and it's becoming ubiquitous. So soup to nuts, somebody wants to do this online. They buy the sprout seeds from one of these sites or companies you just mentioned. They have the mason jar. And let's just say again, let's use the broccoli sprouts as an example. Like what are some of the exact steps that they they would take to do that? Exact steps. Take one tablespoon or two tablespoons of broccoli sprout seeds, put them into the jar, use the best water you can. Like I use distilled water. You could use spring water. If you have to use filtered water or regular tap water. I don't give a hoot. Use the best water you can. And for one tablespoon of broccoli seeds, you could put one cup of water. You want to make sure all the seeds are submerged. Then you put the cheesecloth on the lid. You let the jar sit vertically for eight hours. Then you strain the water out and you rinse it again and then you put the jar at an angle. I use a dish drying tray, like the drying rack. You could see it on my Instagram, Doug Evans. You see like tons of pictures of it. You let it drain, set a timer on your phone eight hours later, and then you do it again. And that's it. You just rinse them twice a day, maybe three times a day if you're in a dry, arid location like I am in the desert. And then you're golden. So one to two tablespoons of the broccoli sprout seed. Like what does that end up making? Like how much broccoli sprout will you get? six cups, four to six cups. Whoa, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's exponential. It's wild. 
Well, Doug, thanks, man, for, for sharing so much on the show again. I enjoyed the conversation, and I think people listening to this are going to enjoy you, enjoy your personality, and all the wisdom that you shared. And I will make sure to include the link to get your book and connect with you on social media at Doug Evans in the show notes. And for those listening, what I'd like you to do, just like I try to always get you to do, is to share a takeaway. Maybe it was something that Doug said about the benefits of sprouting. Maybe it was something he said about how to do it. Maybe it was something he said about the mindset shifts he's made in his life. Maybe it was something he said about networking. Whatever it was, tag Doug, tag myself, because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again thank you for listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we'll see you next time.